0: To the soccer podcast where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Sebastian, big episode 53. So, is this technically now our one year anniversary?
1: Well, I mean, I guess however you want to look. I mean, it's 52 weeks in a year, so 53 would just mean that we started the new year.
0: Yeah, officially now we started a podcast a year ago.
1: Yeah, so this is. Season two, episode one, preseason, preseason, preseason.
0: Uh, yeah, we got it. We got to get the preseason in before we bring in, you know, now we might pull something.
1: Exactly. I get that FIFA level warm up. Yeah. Fitness levels, right?
0: Yeah. Before we bring in guests, which for already for next week, we have a guest lined up. But, you know, this week, this this way kind of gets us to, to kind of like ease into it, you know, get a little bit of a preseason in. Um, so. Let's talk diamonds because since the last time we spoke we played three games. yeah so uh, so big big seven days for the for the diamonds um so we played last uh, Sunday um, tough match in the sense that like before the season before the game started picked up an injury um, for one of our players picked up a second injury to another player before the first half ended. So it was a really a rough result. Um, but we started to see glimpses of like what could potentially be. And then um, when we played our game on Wednesday against Lancaster, I thought we, we performed well for a decent amount. Like is this, those was what those were one, That was one of the games that like the tactical approach of the game somewhat worked, um, you know, but, the hard part, I think, was we just didn't have the consistency to withstand it. You know, up two nothing with six minutes left to go, and ultimately ended up with a two two game. And then last night, um, you know, we came in with the twenty four hour turnaround into the, into another game against Steel United, who we had played before and had had beaten us um, pretty. You know, they were they were pretty dominant in that game, and we actually competed well and for parts of the game. I would say for for at least half the game we were we were the better team at mm-hmm. times, um, so it was, it was definitely an even game. Lost three to one, but you know I, I think we created uh, probably some of the, the the amount of opportunities that were created by us and them. I think it was it was even. We may have edged that out a little bit, uh, but I think overall we 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 played a good game.
1: Yeah, um, I mean I think the um, you know that game on Sunday after playing that game, the players kind of saw that they kind of had to rally around their teammates and get together and, you know, start working together as 11 or 18, just as a collective group. And I think that's where you see the results this week, right? Like the the change of how we're playing and the intensity, just even in training, you know, people wanting to compete and make each other better because ultimately, you know, our goal is never to be the, be the top team in UWS like we're not chasing UWS championships like we're not looking to go on the record book here we're looking to provide an opportunity for players to play during the summer at a very high level and continue to compete yeah when they go back to college right so I mean really the goal is for our players to learn something pick up a couple things get fit and be ready to go once they come preseason because when they all go back to school you know, we're gonna be rooting for all their schools and rooting for all those players to be successful and seeing, hey, did this work? Right. Does a player come in and immediately go in and become an impact player because they were playing with this all summer, working hard, never fit, and just providing those different opportunities.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's ultimately the, the goal, right? Like, yes, we we want to win, but and and it's so hard to develop uh uh develop you know the style of play that we really want to or you know because you, you're you're not only are the players getting to know know each other in a short amount of time us from a coaching staff are trying to understand on the to trying to get to know the players very well and, you know there's scheduling things availability that so so we're trying to understand the players um in a short amount of time as well which is part of the challenge from a coaching standpoint but you know i think i think overall like in the future of the team what what i think will ultimately bring some of those like more positive results will be the consistency in the core groups, right? Building a little bit of a, of a culture around the summer team that like, I'm not saying we're going to have the same, the same players next year, but ultimately if you're able to keep a core group of players from year to year, that then start feeding into the next core group of players that then, so now you've developed a culture. So now when they're coming in, You have, there's a culture that's been set and a foundation that's been, that's been started. And I think that's the important part of this. And, and, and you said it, right. Our goal is just to get them to pick up some things, be physically fit, stay in like stay in game rhythm for when they start their school preseason. Um, So for us, I, I think that's, that's been created. We've, we've created that environment. We've opened up that ability. My biggest thing with them now is, you know, setting making sure that the expectations that they had are making sure that those are aligned with what our expectations were and and then by the end of the season those expectations have been met
1: you know or right. at least the majority of have been met and i mean you um, think you think about it like we're basically a freshman team of like if you looked at us we're a team full of freshmen
0: i would probably say that we are if we if we had to do a um an uh, age comparison with the, with the other four teams in the, um, in the league or the other three teams in the league. Um, I would probably say we're the youngest team.
1: Uh, 100%. We, I mean, you look at it, I mean, just from our player personnel, a lot of our players didn't have the opportunity to play this year, but also it's our first time playing in UWS. So. Well, and you, not only that, like we, but... the
0: outside of uh, one, like outside of three players um three or four players the majority of our players have are, are freshmen in college or mm-hmm. or not even or not even freshmen in college are about to be freshmen in college so so yeah so the the lack of experience at at that higher level it, it shows at times um but i think you know it's been a good experience i think the players are starting to understand each other and ultimately that's what a lot of what college soccer is is understanding each other as a team relatively quickly because Yes, you have more you spend more time, right? You train five nights a week or or things like that. And you you have a longer season. But the college soccer season is still relatively short and your ability to compete very quickly has to come in. If not, you're gonna struggle, right? So hopefully we we've we've at least laid a little bit of foundation to to understand how in your position you have to be able to, you know, bond with the players next to you and, and to get to know each other really well. Yeah. So Um, all right. So then next week, uh, on Monday, we have our, our next round of summer camp startup. So we have our discovery program camp that's starting up. So that's for three to six year olds from nine to 11 Monday through Thursday. So we've, this is the first year we've done a, like a really, really little ones camp.
1: Good luck.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Anthony, Anthony, good luck. Anthony's going to run it. I might bring the kids down on Tuesday and just uh, let them do camp for two hours. Um if I were you, I would have them
1: out there every day.
0: Well, they go to school Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Well, I guess, well, not Monday. Uh, but maybe we can take them Monday.
1: They're going on Monday. They're the going on, Mon- on Monday. They're
0: going on Monday. While, <laughs> yeah, you they're might, going
1: on. They were my kids. You would see that cloud of dust coming up behind because I'd be out of there so fast. See, no, know.
0: you got to stay. You can't just leave them. What? No, you can't leave them. Oh, man. They're young. You have to stay.
1: You got to stick around. Try to get nine holes on the golf course real quick.
0: <laughs> no, no. You got to stick around. Um, and then after that, we have the um, the week after. We we have the Diamonds Camp.
1: Damn you know, so- Diamonds Camp.
0: Yeah, so I, I'm excited for the Diamonds camp. I think you know the the Diamonds Camp in general is I think it's gonna bring in um it's gonna be cool the we have Diamonds players that are gonna be coaching the camp. So I think that'll be that'll be really cool. nine to twelve. Um I'm gonna be there for, for it and I, I think that'll be it'll be a good time ultimately. So and then after that, we do our finishing goalkeeper in camp. Um, so that one's exciting because our travel players, and then we we close it out with a full day of like just a record like fun camp
1: and where can we find our camps
0: delawareunion.com slash summer dash camps or hyphen camps or just on our website just go to Union.com.
1: your kid doesn't even have to be a soccer player
0: no 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 if they've never played they've never touched a soccer ball before bring him out to our camps uh you can also find out all of our information as long and also watch our uws matches live or you know on demand um you can, you can follow us on Facebook.com slash Del on Instagram at Del Union Soccer and on Twitter at D Union Soccer and also the Del Reunion Diamonds Diamonds on Instagram and Facebook at D E Union Diamonds and make sure you subscribe to the podcast, whatever it is you're listening to, uh, to us from. All right, Dwayne, uh, Euros. Um, uh, quarterfinal start today.
1: Yeah, everybody, all the favorites are out.
0: <laughs> I mean, let's just go through. Like, did we did we get any of these right? I think we got some, maybe. I mean, so, well, Wales, Denmark, we got that one right because we, we we went with Denmark, Italy, Austria, we got that right one we with Italy, um, Netherlands, Czech Republic.
1: I want to say I went Czech. I went underdogs.
0: Yeah, I can't remember what I did. Belgium, Portland, or Portugal? I know I went Belgium. Uh, Spain Croatia I I predicted that it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be a low scoring game it ended up being a high scoring game but I predicted it was gonna go to like extra time and um and even though it was a high scoring game I don't know that it was a, the most exciting game in the world
1: well Croatia is not really an exciting team like they're not gonna no. flash you off the field and play no. All um, the is, are' just gonna play the ball
0: yeah. So uh, France, Switzerland um, upset, upset, huge upset. I mean, huge upset in the same as the, the Spain Croatia game. Right. Just like and not an upset, like the same, the same, like three, one with 10 minutes left to go. Boom. You know, two goals. Uh, Biggest mistake I thought that the champ made was taking Griezmann out when the game was three to two. And putting so in. Because I think if you had Griezmann on the field, you could have gotten something more out of the extra time. Yeah. But I mean, um England Germany ended up being the snooze fest that uh I think we predicted. Uh you know, England scores two goals, but still not necessarily the most thrilling game in the world. That the only the only part, the only good part about that game was the moment after England scores the goal when Mueller gets the one v one. And misses there's a camera that catches it from the other goal and you can see raheem sterling standing in the middle of the field watching Mueller go one v one against uh um against pickford and like putting his hands up like oh no we're about to get scored on and then when he misses the goal drop to his knees and like start kissing the ground like, that moment is fantastic. That was the best moment of the entire game. Passion right there. Yeah. Um, and then, ultimately, the 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 best game of the, the round of 16, Ukraine-Sweden.
1: Yeah, the funny part about that is it was, like, 1-1 or whatever the score was. Wake
0: 1, up. Like, 1-1 until uh, extra time, yeah.
1: Yeah. Wake up, get, see the goal get scored, and say, oh, man, I got to get to training. Like, it was, like, perfect.
0: Yeah. It was a it was a crazy game. I mean, that game had absolutely everything you wanted. It had a VAR. Um Red card, right? It had a red card. Uh it, it, there was an injury because of the red card. There was players that were that got injured. There was a player that came in for Ukraine who came in in the extra time to basically be ready to potentially take a PK. He runs into somebody and pops his shoulder out and it's like running around with his arm to the side just kind of like dangling it around like
1: i got a purpose i'm here to take the pk but yeah i just gotta keep my shoulder in place
0: gotta get my shoulder in place so yeah so ultimately it was a it was a great game uh so ukraine moves on so today today's the start of the quarterfinals all right so let's see switzerland spain
1: spain spain yeah switz they got france but I think if Spain's up 3-1 with 20 minutes left they're going to just pass the ball 500 yeah. times.
0: Here's the crazy part, right? So as you look at the rest of the teams that are left, this next quarterfinal, the one that's today, ultimately is the I mean, if you look at, at the the rest of the matchups, this is the final. Right here. Like to a certain extent, Belgium Italy. Yeah, really. I mean, now that now that now that France is out, right? that's that ultimately becomes the final
1: portugal's out
0: i mean belgium and italy were the had been the with with along with france had been the the three best teams right tournament so far um so belgium italy playing in the quarterfinals is like awesome because it's gonna be a fun matchup matchup but but at the same time it's gonna it's gonna suck because you know
1: espn espn obviously didn't have their hands in the schedule
0: I mean so let's just say so let's just say either of them win or whoever whoever wins right so the winner of Belgium Italy has to play Switzerland Spain so let's just say Spain wins right so now you got Spain Belgium or Spain Italy that's again another like fantastic like matchup to begin with but then let's just say on the other any nothing not to take anything away from these teams because i think ultimately if they you make it this far you show deserve, up. You deserve to be there yeah 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 but let's just say Ukraine upsets and beats England. And let's just say the Czech Republic upsets
1: and beats Denmark. I you wouldn't gotta... call that an upset. No, you don't think so? Czech Republic, it's like those, I don't know geographically how big Czech Republic is, but it's like those countries that are smaller. Yeah. It's like the mid-majors in the NCAA tournament.
0: That can upset you at any point. Or that, that can They're that...
1: solid. They're solid. They have that style of play. They have that continuity. Yeah. They all work for each other. They got the whole, like, you know, everybody in the Czech Republic is watching this. I mean, everybody in every country is probably watching the game, but you know, Czech Republic is behind them. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the same with Denmark too, right? So that's going to be like one of those. It's going to be a good game because Denmark, again, Christian Eriksson, everybody's pushing behind them. Yeah. But But
0: But imagine you got, you got Czech Republic and Ukraine as your semifinal. That's good though. That's what the Euros is for, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you ended up with Greece. Ended up kind of going that route when they won theirs. So like, it was it. So I, I mean, I think I'm excited because I think every every one of these matchups is going to be fun and exciting, and I think everything's going to be, um, it's going to create good a good atmosphere. I'm really, just really excited for the three o'clock. I want to see
1: the start. Like, obviously, we want to see the start. We want to see you know France, Belgium, and see. You know, the top 22 most expensive players in Europe lining it up, right? But it's also cool to see like Czech Republic and Denmark and all these other teams make it far to take a little edge off and say, oh, yeah, we just beat France. And it's like, whoa. Yeah,
0: Yeah, no, you're right. All right. So, um, so yeah, so tomorrow is Czech Republic and Denmark and Ukraine, England. Uh, and the Ukraine, England game, we're going to have to like watch it basically you know, in the, like in the car
1: slash before warmups. I mean, hopefully uh, we got some connections to get it on the big screen at the stadium. There's good. There's a game before There's a game at two
0: o'clock. Uh, so we might not be able to do that,
1: but we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. What I'll do is I'll bring the projector and set it up. Hey, we'll put, just have a screen going We'll tailgate it. Tailgate. We'll tailgate during the game. Tailgate
0: during the game. Perfect. I love it. Uh all right, Copa America also starts the quarterfinals today. Um so as, we, so as 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 uh as we had discussed previously, uh out of the ten teams, eight make it into the quarter into the quarterfinals. So Bolivia and Venezuela were left out. They got sent home already. Um Two teams had to check out their hotel. Yeah, Argentina beat Bolivia four to one the other day. Um, so stuck a, stuck a knife in him. So Peru, Paraguay, uh, the two P countries, uh, <laughs> today at five o'clock. Um, you know, it, that was going to be an interesting game because Peru is his, they're, they're the team that kind of like halfway through the tournament kind of wakes up and, and starts playing better. Um, Paraguay picked up an injury of Miguel Amiron, So I'll, I i do not know that he'll be able to play. So that'll be an interesting matchup in general. And then Brazil, Brazil, Chile. That'll be the, that's the what really cool. Chile isn't what they wear. They're not, but what I think will happen, which I think will ultimately create a really fun, like South American match is there's going to be, there's going to be some grinding going on in this game. The, like Arturo Vidal is, is going to go hard on somebody at some
1: point. Well, Arturo Vidal, man, I don't, I don't know how he does it because he's getting old and he still makes those like box yeah. to box runs with intensity.
0: Yep. So there's 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 definitely going to be that one's going to be a fun game. Uh, then you got Uruguay Colombia tomorrow at six, which I think will be a really good one. And then uh, right when I get home tomorrow after our game, uh, Argentina Ecuador nine o'clock. Got the late game.
1: <laughs> somebody called. Somebody. I called,
0: called. I called. I called. I said, "Listen, eight o'clock don't work." I got a four thirty game, an hour and a half away. You know, I'll be done by six thirty. I'm not get, like I'll be home right at eight o'clock. Like that's not going to work. So, you know, give me a little time to shower and get something to eat. So there you go. Made a call, got the game moved to nine o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> got that nine o'clock start tomorrow. Argentina Ecuador, uh, interesting matchup. The last time we played them, we tied. So we'll see how it goes. Um, all right. So here's the other big piece of news. And I don't I'm sure you've read about this but uh does the name Olivia moultrie sound
1: familiar to you she just signed an nWso it's like a 14 or 15 year old
0: as a 15 year old yeah 15 year old. so Olivia Olivia moultrie um became very famous uh two years ago because she was 13 years old and um had started training with the Portland thorns over the summer and the rumor was at that time that the Portland thorns were going to pick her up for like some summer, like preseason games or something like that. And then they wanted to sign her in a, in a contract. They wanted to give her a contract and put her on the team. Um, so they were tried to, and they couldn't because the collective bargaining agreement of the NWSL says that you have to be at least 18 years old to, to play. Yeah. So, Olivia Moultrie ended up suing the NWSL mm-hmm. for not being allowed to do it, considering that the counterpart or the, the other side of the NWSL, which is the MLS, right? Not even though they're not necessarily connected, but it's the male counterpart doesn't have that that like car that that clause in their CBA. Right. So uh, the the court gave Olivia Moultrie provisional, um, like a provisional waiver or something like that, to be able to sign with them, um, and then the port or the NWSL try to like um, counter. Appeal, uh, they try to appeal it, so it took a little bit of time, but finally um, Olivia Moultrie is allowed to be signed. So she's already been taken part of the U seventeen national team. So she's been part of the 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 team camp there. Um and now she officially has signed for the Portland Thorns. Now she's been part of the Portland Thorns like organization in general. So she's been playing on their in their uh, new system. Yeah. So they were before it was the DA, and now I don't know if they're either ECNL or in the Girls Academy, whatever, whatever, whatever part they're in. But there she's part of their academy in Got general. You. But she's also been training with the first team. So anytime, anytime it wasn't an official competition, she's played with with the, the Thorns um And then she's also playing in her actual age group, or m- might be playing up because she's an no five. Um, what's really interesting, and and again, Olivia Moultrie became famous even even two years ago, before two years ago, when she was eleven. There was a rumor that went around, and and I mean, according to a lot of sources, it was it was true. Now, granted, the NCAA regulations have changed since then, so I don't know how how much would actually stand up now but there was a rumor that happened that that said that uh UNC University of North Carolina offered a scholarship when she was 11
1: years old I believe it I mean um. it's the tough part right is that soccer is so different than the other sports yes like soccer is a worldwide sport you're grabbing talent from literally any country in the world like, that's the uniqueness of soccer. Like compared to football, yeah, you, you know the Pittsburgh Steelers are not in Germany looking for the next big thing. Yeah, like they don't have scouts in Germany. So I think that's like when you think about it, when you're signing a 13 year old, it probably says like, why are you signing a 13 year old? It's like, well, soccer's different. You got to get your hands on who you can get. Yeah, when you can get them.
0: Well, and I, I think that was Portland's. So and and Portland ended up having actually like acquire the rights to Moultrie because the rights to Moultrie were technically had the OL rain, the Olympic rain had them. Um, I'm still not unsure why, but they were on the, Oh, because they were on the NWSL discovery priority list. So I guess whatever the, the, the that list is. And she was at the top of that list. The OL rain had, had rights to him, to her um so they had to acquire so basically they they traded a a third round pick of the 2022 draft for her, which
1: for i mean which i'm honestly if i'm portland like that's good and i'll take those stole, basically stole her yeah so a third round pick. if you're if she's getting recruited by unc at 11 she in a third round pick
0: <laughs> no so um so the the so she had at when she was 13 she ended up turning down that uh that UNC like scholarship offer and then ended up signing a um, like a media company uh, called Wasserman media group uh, to represent her. And then um, so she signed ended up signing a nine year, six figure endorsement deal with Nike. And
1: then it's also the perks of living in Oregon too.
0: Well, she at that point she was still living in California because that's where she was born, and then yeah. she really should they relocated to Portland?
1: That's the perks of living out there. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's a smart. I mean, for, she did it the right way, right? She did a smart move to sign with an agency or management group.
0: When I think that's the, so that's the interesting part, right? Like, did all of a sudden, and I, I think there's there's multiple sides to the argument, but all of a sudden, did this player who has the potential, right? Potential, because I think we still have to speak of potential because we're still dealing with a 15-year-old. Right. Um, So that has the potential to become a very, very good soccer player, right? Or, Or let's just say she has the potential to be the best player that's ever played before, right? Are we now looking at this from a completely, like, financial thing now and and no longer looking at it from a sports perspective
1: right Well, I feel like that's why they have that collective bargaining agreement because they don't want people just going around picking up 13 year old kids based on potential because you're going to what you're going to realize is yeah she's a really good 15 year old born in 2005 yeah but there's probably 20 or so other really good 15 year olds that just haven't figured it out yet. Like mentally, physically, right. socially just haven't gone to the right tournament to be seen by the well, right person. Right.
0: Well, then the question, the question is, is that like, do you put her in the eye of, of the, you put her in front of the world, basically as something more than what she may be ready for. Right. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, like, I just think at times, like, and, and maybe that leads to a deeper conversation with this idea of the, the NCAA thing that got passed, that players are going to be able to get paid for their
1: endorsements. Not right. Right. But I think like with the NCAA soccer, it's just, it's tough because you're cramming that season into three months and soccer is not a,
0: no, dream. I get it. No, I'm just saying, no, I'm talking about the, I'm talking about like the, the NCAA, like the, just in general, the, the idea of being able to make money uh, as yeah, a player. Like, which I get it. Like, if someone if, someone's gonna, if <laughs> someone's gonna use your image, you should be you should be compensated for it, right? You shouldn't sell yourself for free, basically. But at the same time, like, as a fifteen year old now, is the focus on her? Like, I just hope. I hope. Right? I guess that's m- more more what my statement is. I just really hope that Portland and everybody around her is doing this for the right reasons, right? which would be to make her a better soccer player. Yeah. Not, not to, not to look at it from a, um, publicity, publicity and money making like endorsements and all this other stuff, because, you know, you could easily compare this to, to the other 14, 15 year old. That was in the MLS. And look at what happened to him. Right. Right. He was supposed to be the biggest star that the MLS had ever seen at 14 years old because he was dominant in this and that. And ultimately he ended up having a very average career, I would say, which is nothing wrong with that. But the problem but, is the expectation was built so high for Freddie to to
1: perform, but he kind of opened, and it might be premature, but he kind of opened the door for like a Pulisic or a Gio Reyna. Right. That you can make like, hey, maybe the Americans do have somebody that's really, really good. And we need to focus our attention this way.
0: Yeah. But if you look at, but if you look at Pulisic and Gio Reyna, th- th- those two were never, were never brought in to be the star they, they both went to, so when, when Gio Reyna left, what was it? NYCFC, right? Right. Uh, he went to the, to dormant's Academy and, and, and Pulisic went to dormant's Academy. Right. So like, it wasn't that they were brought in to like when they got signed and all that stuff, they were brought in to be the face of the club or the, you weren't trying to make a spectacle of it. You were just bringing them in just like you would bring in anybody else. the The reason why it makes waves is because they're from the United States. Right. That's the reason why people talk about it. Like, I just, I just hope, I just really, really hope that this doesn't turn into, like, it's a really cool opportunity. And I think it opens up the, it, it it opens up opportunities for other players to see her and look up to her and, and she could be a role model for them. and, And that's, and that's fantastic. And that's, we need more opportunities for female soccer players. right? Right. I just hope that like, that's the ultimate goal. Is creating opportunities for players, not just creating opportunities for somebody to make money. Marketing. Yeah. Like that, that I think to me goes, goes beyond the scope of what, what should be done from a soccer standpoint at, at a certain point, especially with a 15 year old. Right. Um, so um, the U S women's national team ended up, did end up winning yesterday. Um, we can, we can briefly touch on that. Uh they ended up beating um, Mexico uh, last night as part of their um, like friendlies for getting ready for the Olympics. So yeah. Sam, so Sam Mews uh, with a goal, Kristen Press with two, and Toby Heath went Toby Heath with one. Um, so I mean, you ended up uh, with the eighteen that are ultimately going to play. Well not not because macario was still in the in the in the in the lineup so there's some there's some players that I think are still either injured or or not there yet but um but you ended up seeing i think what what could be a decent potentially uh close to a starting eleven yeah um for For the for the national team, I think both Muse sisters together at the same time, I think is is cool. Um, So, and everybody ultimately everybody ultimately played, and then even uh, Adriana French got got in and got some minutes in the goal, which which is always good. Um, And then our girl Macario got in and played, so good good
1: for her stuff. Uh, Yeah, bring home the gold. So, the us the USA the men's ain't bringing home the gold they ain't bringing home nothing so
0: speaking of the gold let's let's talk about uh the the gold cup roster um I mean so it's it's fully MLS like driven right like you got a full MLS uh roster basically
1: let's put it uh, like this this roster is created for players to, to show that they can play on the full national team. Like, this is almost like a tryout. You want to play with Weston and Christian and Geo and all those boys? Prove it.
0: Yeah, but so this is the part that I think it gets tricky, right? Like, I, so there's a, there's a mix, right? You have some players that that are coming in from other from other countries as well. So, right off the bat, Brad Guzan in and the goal. I don't why. I don't understand that. Like we have no other goalkeepers in this country?
1: Matt Turner's a beast. I mean, he's he I know he I mean, Matt, Matt Turner will hopefully will get the start, but He's a
0: late bloomer, but like I would give him the start, but but again, like and you got Sean Johnson, which again from NYCFC, but but why is Brad Guzan on the why is Brian yeah, like, on the on the roster? I I don't get it. Um, so they, like, then you got
1: keepers I would put in there.
0: Then you got George Bello from Atlanta, Reggie Canan um, from Boavista from in Portugal, Shaq Moore from Tenerife, Donovan Pines, Miles Robinson. It's uh it's Coach Kyle's boy uh, from the Atlanta. Uh, James Sands, um, Sam Vines, Walker Zimmerman. So Walker Zimmerman, I think. Um he was on somebody's list. He might have been on your list from back in them, you
1: know. He night. was in the center back competition and yeah. know, picked up an injury. well, Aaron Long's injured so he could play. I mean, you look at that list. I mean, we kind of know who our starting backs are. Yeah. Who makes it who gets into that twenty three for the next World Cup, right? That's what that like Reggie Cannon's on that list for a reason, right? Can you keep your spot? Right. In that 23.
0: Kellen Acosta uh is back. You know, that's that's good. He's he's going to be there. Uh Gianluca Busio, uh Sebastian Leggett, man. He's I mean, he's driving the bus at this point, right? Like
1: he's He has to be like the like anytime there's something soccer related with the US, Sebastian Leggett's your guy. He's there. Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: Christian Roldan, uh Eric Williamson, and Jackson Yule. Paul Riola, Daryl Dyke, Nicholas Giauchini, uh, which is cool. Like, I'd I like to see him, you know, more di- when, when they did that one. Uh, the sense of the friendlies in one Austria or something like that. They you know. he did. He did really well there. Uh, Matthew uh, Hop, Finally. Uh, Finally. John- <laughs> Jonathan Lewis and
1: Yazzie Sardes. Yeah. Well, yeah. I got Yassi Zardes, man. Again,
0: I still don't really understand that one either.
1: Like, you couldn't have found, like, Jeremy Obobese? Yeah, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, I know he hasn't been wowing us the past couple of times, but, I mean, Yossi Zardes' time has passed. Yeah. His World Cup window is closed. Yeah. Um like, so, I mean, I think out of that, I think out of this forwards list, I mean, Daryl Dyke is gonna be exciting to watch. Yeah. Um definitely like, I mean, Paul Ariola coming back from injury, like those forwards, I think that's where we truly lack in our in our full national team setup, right? Is who's gonna score the goals. So I think this group has a lot of goal scorers, and that's gonna be the key who who plays themselves in that conversation. Yeah,
0: I mean, it'll definitely be interesting to figure out how this team performs. Um, I mean, granted, again, you're still playing the Gold Cups. So you're playing Martinique, Canada, in and in a TBD team still. Yeah, they have a
1: play-in round now.
0: They got a play-in round. So, like, I mean, it should it should go okay. So, but. Um, all right, player of the match. Who's your
1: player of the match? Um. My player of the match actually is going to go to a Diamonds player. It's going to go to Olivia Hudson. Um, she's had a fantastic last three games, really peaking right now, playing well, top it off, scored a goal yesterday. Um, and again, one of the young, probably the young, second, second youngest, youngest, second youngest player on the team and starting and making an impact. So that just shows you a true testament. So, I mean, again, we're playing against like D1 players sophomores seniors yeah. in juniors college she's that she's a, she's a what, junior in high school yeah so she's playing really well so Olivia is my player of the match yeah no
0: she's playing she's playing really well my player of the match is Ukraine and Sweden <laughs> for giving us the best game so far one of the best games of the Euros
1: no yeah. for sure yeah blue um, and
0: yellow. <laughs> yeah go blue and yellow man um all right on this day in soccer history uh we're going to look at one of those uh, we have we haven't had many of these but I think it's important to to point them out whenever we whenever the time comes in just to, so we can learn from our mistakes to a certain extent um so 1994 so a very sad day in in soccer history uh July 2nd 1994 um World Cup year
1: is this the guy that gave up the old goal, yep, yeah like, he went back to Colombia,
0: yep, so Andres Escobar uh, gives up a goal an un goal from Colombia against the u s um goes back to Colombia um and is hanging out at a club or something like that. runs in some guys. words are exchanged, fists are flying, or things like that, and he ends up being murdered. Uh, and as the guy is murdering him or shooting him, he every time he, he pulls the trigger, he yells goal. Um, so at least that was the you know, that's a rumor or the the the, the accounts. Um it, it's a sad day in history when when we when we make this game bigger than it needs to be. Um at the end of the day, it's a game. Uh it's an amazing game. It, it's a it's a the 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 best game in the world, but a game nonetheless. So um hopefully we learn from our mistakes as a society. Hopefully on this day we remember Andres Escobar as a player, um as a player that made a mistake once in his life and that's it in a game. Um no reason to to go further than that with it, you know? Um
1: so yeah. So a yeah, little it's, bit of just a- crazy We say that to our players and I don't think that they necessarily believe us. Probably not. Like you go bone goal. in Some countries like you don't make it back or handballs. They chop your hand off and they don't believe us. but probably
0: not. No, but it's happened. It really did happen. (laughs) Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, fair play of the week.
1: Uh, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I'm going to give another shout out to the diamonds fair play of the week. Um, training on Monday. We kind of, you know, sat down and talked about why we weren't being successful and what we could do to be successful, to make sure everybody was on the same page to help each other be successful. So we kind of had a group discussion with the players that were there, kind of hashed some things out, made sure everybody was on the same page. Um, You know, I know it helped the players out, and you you were out, Sebastian, but it definitely – between Dan, KP, and I, in that conversation, it definitely helped us understand what the players wanted and expected from us as well. Yeah, um, to be able to provide that platform for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's no, really good. Um, mine's gonna go out to the Euro teams in general because there's something that I've noticed in the games that I've watched them, I mean, and I watch a lot of soccer in general. But uh, something that stood out to me, and I pointed this out to my dad. So there's been a couple of games that have come down to to the last couple of minutes of the game. You know, there's been some late goals. There's been some like close, like one goal matches and some that are that are in like knockout phases. And I'm used to it from an Argentinian perspective or from a South American standpoint, like last minute of the game, you're down by a goal. You're basically sending your goalkeeper to be your number nine. And you're just bombing forward, and every ball that you get is a ball forward. Just hit it as hard as you possibly can, and see what you can get. And can you pick off a rebound, or can you cause a foul, or can you cause a handball in the box, or something along those lines? Um, and what I've seen from the Euros, um, and I, I think it became apparent in the Portugal-Belgium game, that even the team that's losing, you know, one nothing with with two minutes left or a minute left to go in the game. Still, um, still just keeps fighting and just keeps grinding it out. Um, I think that is that to me is a is a good testament to. Again, it goes back to the previous point from the other day in soccer history. It's a game, right? Like, yeah, sometimes you lose, sometimes you win, but if you can live with your style of play and and just continue to play on your style of play, at some point you will find success. Um, but you know, soccer is one of those games where no matter what. No matter who you are, chances are you're gonna lose more than you win. Yep,
1: I, and yeah, I I, I could sign on that too. Like keep your style of play, even if you're down one nothing. So, I mean, don't I, just bomb forward. It does it works sometimes, but more often than not, it, it does not work. And it was
0: interesting. I I heard a like a, a a former player talk the other day, and he said, you know, over the course of a career the soccer player has the soccer player might might end up playing 60 to 70 tournaments right between like let's just say you played um you know 15 let's just say you played 15 years right In like professionally right in a top league you're playing one championship a season that's 15 um so maybe not sorry maybe we should say 30 to 40 uh different like competitions
1: right because you get get, like three a year at least right? three
0: a year right three a year so you're you're playing you're playing those right so three a year times 15 45 you know somewhere on on that time right so 45 let's just say you played for 45 different leagues or competitions or championships whatever it is yeah let's just say over the course of a of a if i told you um if i told you cristiano ronaldo's you know retiring tomorrow And he has a total of, I don't know, uh, 15 titles or or 12 titles, right? He's got Champions League, Premier League titles. He's got Serie A titles. He's got La Liga titles and all that stuff. He's got it all, right? Let's just say he's got 15 of them, right? Would you say that's a success or not in general?
1: I would say that's successful. But then when you look at what he could have won. Right. So then when you look at the, the grand scheme of
0: things, right, when you look at, oh, man, he's won two Champions League, five Series, or I don't know. I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, five La Liga's and, you know, whatever, this and that. But wait, well, how many tournaments did he play? Oh, 45. How many did he win? 15. Oh, so he's, he's only won a third of what he's played? Like, yeah. so when you look at it from that perspective, it kind of starts putting things in a little bit more. different in a different context um and those numbers are completely made up i I have no idea how many titles ronaldo has but um just using it as an example of of a player that in the next couple years might retire and you might start looking back at the stats but but it does go to it does go to show you that like soccer is a sport that you're going to ultimately lose way more than you win it's just naturally going to happen like there is not a single player that's going to you know play 15 years and pick up 15 league titles um just just not going to like just not going to happen um like league titles i mean like one one tournament a season you're going to pick up you know your your like domestic league cup or less than domestic league so just to put some things in perspective um i think it's it's just an interesting thought that i had but um all right, well, Dwayne, we we finished up
1: preseason, I guess. Preseason. Now, now we're back in. We're back in. Our guests next week. Yeah, so we finished preseason.
0: Perfect. Well, make sure you uh, everybody gets a recovery day now.
1: I'm getting my recoveries by Friday.
0: <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us this week, and remember, always receive the ball on your front foot.